Have you ever bought a new car? You'd know the feeling of walking around the car yard, looking at all the important things. What model is best? How comfortable are the seats? What colour should I choose? Then oversidles the salesman. He tells you about all the technical specifications, about the great deal he can spin for you, and about the after-sales support you'll receive, your warranty, maybe fixed-price servicing. And that's a big one, I reckon. That's what counts when you lay down your hard-earned cash. No one wants to buy a brand-new car only to have it break down with no one to fix it. They buy a car and expect it to work. They expect to receive follow-up service. You see, I mention this not because I'm trying to sell you a new car, but because I think I can relate it to today's passage. In Chapter 3, we will see Paul giving the Thessalonians some follow-up service. He's checking in on them, now he's left. He wants to know if they're still following Jesus. We know that Paul had only been with the Thessalonians for a short time, about three weeks, when he was then run out of town. Yet, in that time, the connection between them grew and flourished quickly. They'd built a strong relationship, and Paul hasn't heard from them since he's left. Paul's worried about how they are going. He longs to be with them. Let's jump straight in to point one in the outline, Paul's longing, starting at verse 17. Chapter 2, verse 17. But brothers and sisters, when we were orphaned by being separated from you for a short time, in person, not in thought, out of our intense longing, we made every effort to see you. For we wanted to come to you, certainly I, Paul did, again and again, but Satan blocked our way. Paul cares, he really cares. Paul longed to be with the Thessalonians and he was always thinking of them. As a school kid I had the great opportunity to go on a mission camp every year. From year 3 right up to year 12, every July holidays, We'd head up to the mountains to Katoomba. I say every year, but I did miss one year, year eight I think it was, because we had to go on a family holiday. I can tell you I wasn't too impressed about that. (laughs) But when we were there, up on the mountain, we'd have loads of fun. Sometimes we'd get up to a bit, bit too much mischief, but every year we'd come back. Despite the bitter cold, sometimes snow, and all other seasons in a day, we'd gather together spend a good chunk of time looking at God's word. And I think this is a bit like Paul. Paul had spent time with the Thessalonians, built a relationship with them, but then is separated from them. Often we'd go months without talking to our friends from camp, sometimes all year. And you'd wonder, wonder how each other is going. Especially after year 12 when our yearly catch-up had finished, you'd wonder. And you'd hope to see each other again. Paul was taken away from the Thessalonians, but he dearly wished to see them again. But what's stopping him? If he's longing so desperately to go and see the Thessalonians, then why doesn't he just go? The answer comes at the end of verse 18. But Satan blocked our way. Satan had a real and tangible effort in stopping Paul getting to the Thessalonians. And Paul knows the evilness of Satan as well as anyone. 
We know that Paul was facing opposition, but we aren't told exactly how Paul is blocked. And I don't think that matters, because that's not the point. The point is, Satan is real. And Satan will take every opportunity he can to stop the gospel being told. He'll do everything he can to stop people coming to trust Jesus. He'll do all he can to stop you and I becoming more like Jesus. So watch out for him. Be on your guard. We keep reading in verse 19 to see the real reason behind why Paul was longing to see the Thessalonians. Paul is desperate to return to the Thessalonians to see how they're doing in their faith. Chapter 2, verse 19. For what is our hope, our joy, or the crown in which we will glory in the presence of our Lord Jesus when he comes? Is it not you? Indeed, you are our glory and our joy. All Paul seems to be thinking about is whether, the, whether or not the Thessalonians are still standing firm. Paul's hope and his joy is to see people enter the kingdom of God. It's what will show at the end that Paul has won. The prize Paul receives, of course apart from eternity with Jesus, is to see others there with him. What greater reward is, that, is there than that? What is our hope, our joy, our crown... Is it not you? Of course it is. To see you in the kingdom of God. How good is that? It couldn't be any better. But at this this present time, we know that Paul is separated from the Thessalonians. He's orphaned from them. He's been torn away from them. And there's a deep, deep desire within him to see them. At the beginning of chapter 3, we can see that Paul can bear it no longer. Point two in the outline, he sends Timothy. Read chapter three, verse one. So when we could stand it no longer, we thought it best to be left by ourselves in Athens. We sent Timothy, who is our brother and co-worker in God's service in spreading the gospel of Christ. Listen to the language Paul is using. When we could stand it no longer, It's emotive. It's full of love, like a father and his children. We've seen him use this analogy already back in verse 17 when he describes being orphans. Paul wasn't able to get to the Thessalonians in person, but he needed to know how they were doing and wanted to send an encouragement. Keep reading in verse 2 and we'll see what Paul sent Timothy to do. Chapter 3, verse 2 to strengthen and encourage you in your faith so that no one would be unsettled by these trials. Paul needed to know that the Thessalonians wouldn't be unsettled. He needed to know that their faith was firm. There's nothing more important but to ensure you are standing firm. Don't be sidetracked. Don't let Satan unsettle you. Stand firm. Be more like Jesus. And not only you, but your brothers and sisters here at Church at Nine as well. Paul did not just leave the Thessalonians hanging. He followed up with them. He checked in on them. He sent Timothy to go and see them. Are you checking in on the people in the row beside you during the week? 
Are you going to ring the person you've noticed isn't here this morning to see how they are? Friends, this is eternity we're talking about. And we know that Satan will do everything in his power to stop people getting there. So check in on your friends. See how they're going with Jesus. Paul isn't just checking in on the Thessalonians to make sure he ticks the box of the seven-year unlimited kilometre warranty. He's checking in on them to make sure they're right for eternity. Paul was so desperate to know, he decided to be left alone in Athens. He sent Timothy. The least we could do is send an email or a text. We continue to read in verse 3 where Paul acknowledges that the trials will come, that their new faith isn't going to be easy. Satan will be actively trying to pull them away from Christ. And we see again and again he urges them, he pleads with them to stand firm. Look at verse 3. So that no one would be unsettled by these trials. For you know quite well that we are destined for them. In fact, when we were with you, we kept telling you that we would be persecuted. And it turned out that way, as you well know. Paul was facing some hardships and trials and was afraid the Thessalonians would lose faith because of them. Paul says, no, no, no. In other words, he says, look guys, don't worry about me, I'll be fine. Just make sure that you are standing firm. Don't let my suffering unsettle you. I regret that I can't be there with you to support you and encourage you in this journey. You see, Paul was anguished he couldn't be with them to encourage them. He was deeply concerned that these trials may mean the work he did was useless. Paul feared that the trials that came to him and the Thessalonians would mean that they gave up on their faith. Paul knew that it wasn't going to be easy for the Thessalonians to continue with their faith in Jesus, especially as he had to leave them for fear of his life. You can only imagine what you might have thought in that situation. Some new guy has come to town and yes, you've built a great relationship with him and yes, you have believed the gospel he's told but then he has to flee for his life. He's chased out of town, flees to Berea and then he's chased out of there too. Well, what about me? Will they come for me next? Am I going to have to flee for my life? Is it even worth sticking to this? You've got to think it would take a lot of guts for the Thessalonians to stand firm. Surrounded by a culture so strongly focused on honouring the Greek and Roman gods, surrounded by people who are trying to kill the guy who told you about Jesus. Tough times for the Thessalonians, I'd say. But thankfully, Paul knows that the persecution will come. And he shared that with the Thessalonians in the short amount of time he had with them. Look with me at verse 4, chapter 3, verse 4. In fact, when we were with you, we kept telling you that we would be persecuted. And it turned out that way, as you well know. Paul knows that following Jesus isn't easy. And the Thessalonians are only new Christians, so Paul writes this letter to encourage them in their faith, despite the persecution and trials that will come. Paul really, really cares for the Thessalonians. 
We see Paul's longing again in verse 5. Chapter 3, verse 5. For this reason, when I could stand it no longer, I sent to find out about your faith. I was afraid that in some way the tempter had tempted you and that our labours might have been in vain. I hope you can see from this passage that Paul, the longing that Paul has, specifically here for the Thessalonians, but we know it doesn't stop there. Paul longs for the gospel to grow, the good news to spread, for God's kingdom to get bigger and bigger because Paul is convinced that the gospel of Jesus is true. He knows it's true and he knows it can save anyone. Paul wants absolutely everybody to hear this message. So what about you? Do you long for the gospel? If you're a regular here at church, are you praying for those around you? Are you praying for those who aren't here at DPC with us anymore? Are you praying for our missionaries? Are you longing for them to be filled with the Holy Spirit so that more and more and more will hear the good news? What about your street, your neighbours? Do you long to see them in the kingdom of God? So that on the last day, you know that you did everything you possibly could to show them the hope you have. It doesn't stop at your street. It doesn't stop in Dubbo. Friends, every single soul on this earth needs to know about the saving life of Jesus. Or they will face eternal judgment. I hope you take the gospel seriously. And if you're here today and you aren't yet a follower of Jesus, I hope you can see the desperation that Paul has for these people to know Jesus. I hope you will know that Jesus died for you and is ready to call you his own. My hope and my prayer is that we, as DPC, will do everything we can to show you what Jesus has done for us and for you. So Paul's struggling. He's desperate to know if the Thessalonians are still following Jesus. Had the trials and persecutions taken their toll? Had the Thessalonians given up because it was all too hard? What would Timothy find when he arrived in Thessalonica? Are the Thessalonians standing firm? Thankfully, our passage gives Timothy's encouraging report when he returns from the Thessalonians. And no surprises here that Paul is overjoyed. He's filled with thankfulness. Let's read it now from verse 6. But Timothy has just now come to us from you and has brought good news about your faith and love. He has told us that you always have pleasant memories of us and that you long to see us, just as we also long to see you. Therefore, brothers and sisters, in all our distress and persecution, we were encouraged about you because of your faith. For now we really live, since you are standing firm in the Lord. When Timothy returned to Paul and gave the report of the Thessalonians that they were standing firm and they longed to see Paul again, you can feel the weight lifted off Paul's shoulders. You get this great sense of relief coming through the text and joy to know that the Thessalonians will be standing next to Paul at judgment, saved by the gospel that he brought to them. 
Paul is overjoyed with thankfulness that the Thessalonians have been standing firm throughout the trials they have. The Thessalonians are flourishing in their faith. As a church, they are faithful. They are full of love. They are enduring. They are standing firm. They are following Paul's example. What great news for Paul to receive after that time of not knowing. Paul is now really living, like hearing this news has given him a new lease on life. Our passage today ends with these verses. Verse 9, chapter 3, verse 9. How can we thank God enough for you in return for all the joy we have in the presence of our God because of you? Night and day we pray most earnestly that we may see you again and supply what is lacking in your faith. It is worth noting what Paul says in verse 10, that we may see you again and supply what is lacking in your faith. Christianity isn't a ticker box. It's not all done and dusted when you've said you'd like to follow Jesus. It's continually going to be hard work. There is always going to be one way or another our faith is lacking. It's a bit like your new car. You buy it and then you get follow-up service. We aren't going to be perfect, not on this earth, but we can be definitely growing closer to Jesus, becoming more like him. So encourage each other, build each other up, sharpen each other, and all the more as the day approaches. And friends, it is worth rejoicing when we hear of brothers and sisters who are still standing firm in their faith. When we went to base camp recently, I had the chance to catch up with a few of the people who I'd gone on those mission camps with as a kid. It was like a reunion. Base camp was even held on the same campsite. And I can tell you, it's encouraging to see them still standing firm. It's so nice to hear that they have grown in their faith. In fact, one of my friends is now directing that same camp we went to as kids. But it also made me think of some of the friends I had on that same camp who I know have stopped walking with the Lord. They've drifted away from him. Life has gotten busy, their world has crowded in, and Jesus has now left the priority list for them. Sometimes it's slowly... They miss church for a week, later it's two or three weeks in a row, and you realise that they've been distancing themselves from God. It may not even be deliberate, but it is terribly saddening. It's devastating to know that these people, if Jesus came back today, would be shut out of heaven for rejecting him. Don't let that be you, and don't let that be those around you either. Please cling on to our Lord and Saviour, Jesus. He's the only hope we have. So going away from here today, how do we ensure that we stand firm with Jesus? Well, let's continue to meet together like we are here today and hang around after the service so we can encourage and strengthen one another. Paul was so desperate to be with the Thessalonians and not just to talk about the weather, or what he got up to on his day off, but to encourage them 
in their str- and strengthen them in their faith. Friends, can I encourage you when you walk out of those doors and start a conversation with some of them, ask them how they're going with Jesus. Find out how they've been growing closer to him lately. It shouldn't be too hard, maybe daunting, but not hard. And I've just made it easier because you both know that it's coming. Speak of things with eternal significance, friends. See how you go at morning tea this week and keep on trying. We know being a Christian isn't always going to be easy. Although here in Dubbo, Australia, we have no idea how hard it can be. Friends, let the trials that come strengthen you. Through hardship, cling to Jesus. When afraid, run to him. When alone, know that he's by your side. Brothers and sisters, we know the creator and the sustainer of the universe. And we have a hope that if we place our trust in him, he will save us from the wrath we deserve. What a glorious hope is that. 80 years of hardship on this earth will seem like nothing compared to eternity in the splendour of our Saviour. When the world seems to be crumbling around you, stand firm, friends. Long for our Saviour Jesus to return and pray for his kingdom to grow. Let me pray that now. Lord, please be with us. Help us to long for you. Help us in our own lives to put aside the things of this world and to put you first. Help us to encourage one another in our daily walk with you. Thank you that you've saved us. Thank you that you sent Jesus to make us clean again. Please grow your kingdom, Lord, and use us in that work. Amen.